Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, so we're going to be moving on into our next Christmas at the Movies series, and so we're going to talk about a Christmas story. Um, and I wanted to start it out asking, actually, after watching that, I, I feel like this is one of the most divisive Christmas movies. Like, people either love it or hate it. So who is on team loves this movie? We've got a few. We've got a few. Don't be embarrassed. Don't think your friends are judging you. It's okay to like it. And who is on team hates it? Oh, not that many. Maybe they're embarrassed too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say I find it really endearing. Um, not just that scene, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but I love the dynamics of the family. You've got the little boy that's just dying to get what he wants, and and then you've got the mother who burns the dinners, and I don't know, sometimes moms burn dinners maybe. And um, then you've got the dad who's always fixing things and saying bad words and getting mad about it, and it's just so relatable to my past and how, how Christmases were for me. So I, I love the movie, but I know it's a little divisive. Um, so I'm going to jump in to what we're going to talk about today. And in the movie, if, if you haven't seen it, which I'm assuming all of us have, because it's always on at Christmas time over and over again. But in the movie, Ralphie really wants this gun, this rifle, and he's dying to have it. He thinks about it all the time. He, um, he talks about it at school. He, he it, like schemes with how can he bring it up to his mom and dad in a way that they'll actually get it, give it to him and get it for him. So he's obsessed with this gun. And I think that sometimes we can be like that too. And it's not just kids that want things at Christmas. Like, like we want new things. I think we all want new things. A few years ago for me, the example for me, um, a few years ago, about five years ago, I finished grad school. And go, if anyone's gone through grad school as an adult, it's just not fun and it's hard. And so the whole time, I, the carrot I dangled in front of myself was I could get a Lexus SUV when I got done. That was what I kept telling myself. So I was, die, I was like Ralphie, I was dying to have this Lexus SUV. And if any of you know what I drive, I drive a Toyota. I do not have a Lexus SUV. So I have still never gotten that. And if you drive a Alexis, um, which I know some of you do just know I'm a little bit jealous of you. Um, and I just think that, that we all like new things. And I have some statistics here that I found related, and, and one actually really interesting one that Russell passed on, that I found related to how we like new things. So last year in 2022, there were 936 billion US dollars spent on Christmas gifts. 936 billion US dollars spent on Christmas gifts. But the the I think that the statistics that he sent me last week supports this even better and is so interesting and so sad, really. So last year's consumer debt was at an all-time high, and 50% of that consumer debt was accumulated in the last two months of the year. And um that debt was financed as the economy downturned, so at this super high 20% interest rate on credit cards. So that just shows our desire for new things and how foolish that we can be sometimes, right? And if you look in the word, Matthew 6, 19, Jesus tells us not to treasure up 
the things of this earth because they'll all pass away. They'll all fade away and rust and moths will waste them away. And because all of the new things of this earth will always become old. And when we get a new thing, I think that we like that because it gives us a little moment of happiness, a little moment of joy, right? But that never lasts. And even factually, I found some statistics related to that. 53% of Christmas presents will be broken by March. And then here's one that all of you might need to pray about. 68% of gifts received at Christmas will be re-gifted in the following year. <laughs> so, so um, it's me. I need to pray about it. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, so some of you at after church, you may need to confess some sins, but what that tells me is that what we're seeking in the gifts and the material things of this world, they really do fade away and, and they don't satisfy us, right? And in the, the reality is in Jesus, we sang about the joy of this season, of Christmas season. And although it can feel busy and hectic and, and sometimes it doesn't feel joyful, there are a lot of emotions um, during the season as, as well. But the joy of this season, the whole reason for that is because of Jesus. And in Jesus, we actually find what is eternally new and always new. And, and so I want you to, to flip it in your Bibles, if you have it, to 2 Corinthians. We're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And we're going to see what God's word has to tell us about being new. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us, chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. And, and what does this verse really tell us? What does this verse really tell us? It says that when we are in Christ, when Christ has come into us, when we have said, yes, Lord, I want you to be my savior, to come into my heart and be Lord of my life, that we are made completely new, that we are made new, that the old person that we were is passed away, is done, and that we are made completely new. A couple of weeks ago, Luke was baptized. My son was baptized. Many of you have done that before. And that's a symbolism of that old falling away, being washed clean, and us becoming completely new. And we could all right now, just based on what we've already talked about, with this desire for new things, we could all just pray and confess our materialism and our selfishness and repent from that and walk away from here, here today, just with that. But I think if we did that, we would miss something important because I think there's more behind our desire for new things. I think as humans, we desire new things because what we really want is what Jesus can give us. We were made by a creator with a desire for him. And I think that what's behind that desire for a new thing, that moment, that moment of joy that we get, that moment of happiness that we get from new things, from something shiny and new, is because a lot of the times, often, we're just sick and tired. And, and we're sick and tired of the bills that keep coming. We're sick and tired of the the constant busyness and hustle and bustle of this season of the demands of this season of the need to go out and spend more money and buy gifts that people don't even use and just throw away i think we're sick and tired of the spam calls and the telemarketers and and the door-to-door -door salesmen and we're sick and tired of the annoying neighbor that lives next door and that's not you people my neighbors there um <laughs> 
And we're, we're sick and tired of driving the same old car and not having that luxury car that we really want. We're sick and tired of driving to the same old job and dealing with the same annoying boss. And we're sick and tired of having the same arguments with that same person. And we're sick and tired of the same cycle of sin in our own heart. And we're sick and tired a lot of the times and we just want to experience something new. And we can experience that in Jesus. And, and here's the thing, in Jesus, instead of being sick and tired, we are known and new. In Jesus, we are formidable, formidable against the enemy and fruitful in the kingdom. In Jesus, we are worthy and valuable, much more than those new things that we want. And in Jesus, we are redeemed and restored fully. And no new thing can ever bring that to us. And then it gets even better because I, I've been studying and reading, um, not really necessarily reading the book of Revelation a little bit, but studying the book of Revelation and listening to um, commentary and messages on it. And a lot of it is honestly a little frightening and confusing, but some of it is so reassuring because when we are in Christ, when Jesus is our Lord and Savior, when we get to heaven, everything will be new all the time. Like it'll be like Christmas day all the time. We will never ever be sick and tired again when we get there. And I don't know about you, but that's exciting and reassuring. And so here's what I think. I don't think that this message is about materialism and selfishness. I think it's about taking that desire for new things and channeling into it an, a desire for intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so that's what I, what I want to encourage us to do. Because when, when we are in Jesus, we will experience new things. Even in this broken, fallen world, we will experience new things. His word tells us every day we can experience new mercies, new um, renewal of our minds, new transformation. And we can experience that newness of him every day. And, I, and there's some examples that we can go, that we can look to in God's word in the Christmas story, not a Christmas story, but the Christmas story. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter two, in Luke chapter two, we're going to read a little bit of the Christmas story for some examples of how, how can we do this? How can we channel our desire for new things into intimacy with Jesus? And we're going to start Luke chapter two, verse 15 is where I'm going to read from. And um, in, in this passage, this is right after the angels have come to the shepherds and told them of the Messiah. And so it says, when the angels had left them, this, the, them being the shepherds, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord had made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told." 
So in that passage, I think the examples that we have of just seeking, channeling that, that desire for new things into seeking Jesus is one, the shepherds, because as soon as they heard, as soon as they were told what, what had happened, they went straight to Jesus. And I think we can do that. As soon as God speaks to us, we can go straight to Jesus. As soon as whatever it is happens, we can go straight to Jesus. And then I think the other example is Mary. If you look at verse 19, it says, but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. Now, Mary, Russell spoke about this a few weeks ago now, I think, but Mary had a lot of reasons to, to maybe be worried, to maybe be selfish. Um, she now had born a child that she had no part in conceiving. Um, she was an unwed mother, technically. And so there are a lot of things that she could have worried about. She was in not, not in her home. And then here pretty quick, her baby was, the king was going to want to find and kill her baby. And so she had a lot of reasons to maybe be worried and focusing on something else. But the text tells us, the word tells us that she was treasuring up everything that the Lord was doing in her heart, and she was meditating on these things. So she was thinking about these things. So I think we can, we can be like Mary. We can do that as well. And then if we look just a little bit further down in Luke 2, uh, down to verse 36 through 38, there's another example for us. So 36 through 38 says, uh, right here, there was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple, serving God day and night with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, the moment he's writing about, at that very moment, she came up and began to thank God to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So to, to clarify and, and explain here what this is talking about, this woman, this prophetess Anna, she was married for seven years, and then she was, she was widowed after seven years. She was a widow for 84 years. And I am not good at math, but if I'm doing math right, that makes her over 100 years old probably. And she had a lot of reasons to grieve, right? A widow in those days, women had no, no rights. It was a difficult life to be a woman in, at that time anyway, but she was a widow. And, and so she had little to no ability to provide for herself. She had many reasons to grieve and to worry about herself. But what does the text tell us that she did? She did not leave the temple. She served God day and night with fasting and prayers. She was constantly worshiping the Lord. And in her time of constantly seeking the Lord, the Messiah literally showed up, like Jesus showed up in her life. And we can experience that same thing. That's a picture for us to take hold of and remember. So I think those two examples, Mary storing up and treasuring and meditating on what God was doing, and then Anna, despite what was going on in her life, despite all of her concerns, serving and worshiping and praying to the Lord constantly. I think those are two really good examples. And the final example of how, how we can go about channeling um, that intimacy or our desires for new things into intimacy with Jesus is, is Jesus himself, his life. He lived this life, even though he was fully God and fully man, and he really had everything he needed. He, he showed us a regular rhythm in his life of coming to the Lord, 
being alone with the Lord, praying to the Lord. I mean, the text tells us, the word tells us over and over again that he went away to be with the Lord. And so we can follow that example too. And one thing I I want us to do is to really personalize this. This Christmas, this, this real Christmas story, I think it's important that you understand, each of you and me too, that Jesus came for you like you specifically. He came for you. He was born as a human infant for you. He lived a perfect life in this world for you. He was tormented and tortured for you. He was crucified on a cross and died for you. And I think it's so important to know that he wants you, like you to be with him. He wants intimacy with you specifically. And then also, After he died, Jesus was made new. Jesus was made new for you and for me. So I I think it's so important for us to personalize that and know that. And the main point that I want to get across that the Lord spoke to me to share with you in all of this is that this season, instead of being a consumer, let us be consumed with Jesus. This season, instead of being a consumer of all the things, why don't we just be consumed with Jesus? Celebrate that joy that we were singing about. Be consumed with Jesus. And as I thought about this, I looked up the definition of consumed. Like, what does it really mean to be consumed? And I found a couple of definitions that I thought help us understand what it, what it is to just be consumed by anything, but to be consumed by Jesus. The first one is to use up completely or spend, or spend wastefully. Now, I don't think that any of us want to waste what Jesus has given us, the gifts and the talents and the grace and mercy that he's given us. But I think this idea of using up completely, like getting to heaven one day and having the Lord say that you used everything he gave you. That's just the dream, isn't it? So to be so consumed that we, that we use up completely everything that Jesus gives us. And the second definition I think that helps us to understand this concept is to enjoy avidly, to engage fully and utilize as a customer. And I think that some of us, some of the time as Christians, you know, we, Jesus is our get out of jail free card and we interact with him here and there when we're at church or maybe during our morning prayer or at different times, but to enjoy avidly and engage fully all the time, what could God do with us if we really did that, if we were consumed fully with Jesus? And I think one of the best examples of this really is our friend Ralphie on The Christmas Story. That kid was consumed with desire for that gun. He thought about it at school and on the playground and he schemed about how he could get it. And he he daydreamed about when he got it, the things he was gonna do and he was gonna be a hero and save everybody from the bad guys. And, And listen, we don't need to desire Jesus because of what he will make us because we wanna be the hero. But if we, if we fully engage with Jesus, if we're consumed with him, then we will truly experience new things and he can do new things in us. And so I think that's a great thing. And I think that I am always in need of renewal, always in need of renewal. And I think that you probably are too. So what, what can we do? 
what can we do with all of this? I think we can do two things and they're really simple. They're not that hard to be consumed with Jesus this season. The first thing is to treasure God's goodness and meditate on it like Mary. So maybe that's, it looks like a gratitude journal for you. Maybe that looks like um, writing down every day the good things that God is doing, everything from the breath in your lungs to the the change in the weather to um, maybe, um, you know, whatever it is that he's doing in your life to treasure up God's goodness and meditate on it like Mary, because what is that? That changes our focus from the things of the world, from our desire for new things, or from the things that we're sick and tired of, to focusing on the Lord. And I think the second thing that we can do is to serve and worship Jesus fervently like Anna. And so as we think about an attempt to be consumed with Jesus, to transition from being consumers of this world to be, be, being consumed with Jesus, I'm gonna pray over us. And I wrote a prayer. Um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a combo prayer and affirmation that you can take home. And I think it's on our newsletter and on your handout. But I'm gonna pray that over us right now. And you can take that prayer and you can pray it every single day. I've been praying it every morning this last week. And I think it helps. I think it helps me to focus on Jesus, to be more consumed with him to pay attention to what he's doing, to treasure what he's doing and to meditate on what he's doing. So I want you to take that and use it as you, you see fit. And when we get done praying, if you want to pray, if you want somebody to pray with, I'll be here. Russell is here. We'd love to pray with you if there's anything that, that you want to pray over. If there's anything consuming you right now, we would love to pray over that with you. So I'm gonna pray for us. Jesus, consume and accept me. Consume and accept us all. You know me, you make me new. In you, I am clean and purified with a fresh heart and perspective. Satan has no power over me for I am a formidable saint, a child of God who produces kingdom fruit. Because of you, I am a worthy disciple who is valuable to you and to others. Every moment I spend consumed with you brings a little more restoration to me. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming me and calling me yours because you are Emmanuel and always with me. Nothing but your love can or will consume me. It is in your holy, beautiful name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.